T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is uh, 8-12 now, and we're about to talk to the widow of that Uber driver that was shot, and the uh, head of the uh, New Orleans Homicide Department said that it was one of the more barrack things he's seen in all of his time uh, on the force. And we, we are going to talk to Melissa Stiller here, and it's we're not trying to sensationalize anything, but I think we need to realize that when these violent crimes happen, they affect a lot of people. And it's not just a story that we hear or something that goes down on the statistics. It's things that are going to change people's lives forever. And Melissa herself said that there are five people involved in this, five different families. It happened two days before their wedding anniversary, their first wedding anniversary. And, and Ms. Stiller, Melissa, I am so sorry for your loss. I really am. I, I, don't, I know words will not in any way console you, but I know a lot of people are thinking about you and praying for you, you and your family. Thank you. Um, yes. take, take us back to that day, if you, if you will, last time you saw your husband and uh, what he was. And, and tell us a little bit about him, because so, much, so many times we hear about the, the felon, and we should, because this guy's a career criminal, should never have been out on the street, was arrested, 33 years old, was arrested because the bail bondsman had the ankle monitor on him, not any public official. But if you will, tell us about your husband, please. Andrew was a light in this world. He was an angel that walked this earth. He was 35 years old. He had went to college, got a master's degree. And they keep saying social worker. He wasn't a social worker. He was a child therapist. And, I mean, he worked with kids that had some serious traumas and issues and bought you know, just change and hope into their lives. He was a musician. He played the blues. He was a comedian. He used to do stand-up comedy. You know, he, he was a husband. He was a dad. He didn't have biological children. My three children... From day one, he called them their his his children. There was no no step step children. They were they were his. You know, he's got nieces, nephews, brother, sister, aunts, uncles, all these people whose lives have been affected. He, it's it's still so unreal to believe that he's even gone. I mean, he's just a big teddy bear. Melissa, as you say that, I'm thinking about the kids that he was counseling. That's a loss to them as well. Oh, my goodness. I have so many parents reaching out to me. I have parents that, you know, just a month ago, 
we're seeing him, you know, and seeing him weekly, talking to him and trying to get through the difficulties and, you know, find some healing in their lives. I've got parents calling me telling me that the kids have seen this on the news and they're really shooken up and shaken. How'd you two meet? I um I was on my home, way home from work one night. I was I've been driving for a ride share myself for the last four years since two thousand and nineteen. Mm-hmm. I drove for Uber and I drove for Lyft. Uh, I worked at, you know, I was on my way home. Um, I lived in Biloxi. He lived in Pearl River. I was stopping at a daiquiri shop to get a daiquiri for when I got home because they don't have daiquiri shops that are drive through mm-hmm. in Mississippi. Well, this particular day, I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> so I went inside instead of going through the drive through And there was a guy sitting at the bar, and his name was Mr. Mark, and he was telling me that they had this band coming in and offered to buy me a drink. So I sat in there for a little while, and the band came in. And Andrew was part of this band. And a couple hours later, you know, they're all jamming and playing guitars. And I started singing along. You know, at first, it just made we were friends. The next day, I happened to be back out in Louisiana. I was at Walmart. And I get a phone call. And it's Amy. And she's the girlfriend of the lead guitarist, Steven, that was in the band. And she's like, the guys are about to practice. They want to know where you're at. I'm like, oh, I just got finished grocery shopping. I got milk and ice cream and all that in my car. I thought I'd get back to Mississippi. She's like, well, what if you could put it in the freezer here? So that was June 28th, 21. June 30th was the first time I ever got on stage and performed with him. Mm-hmm. So then now I'm coming down here, practicing three nights a week, and we're getting on stage once a week. So four nights a week we're spending together and closing the bar down, like, you know, closed at like 10 o'clock but we're sitting outside in front of it just talking for hours and um when did you know he was a guy how long did it take uh, it was about a month mm-hmm. about a month about a month and from what you're describing i'm guessing it was just the relationship where you didn't have to think about what you were going to say it just flowed right it just flowed like yeah. i had never got on stage like that before because i had stage right bad but being next to him, my body just calmed. Like, the the energy that he put off, it was, he brings out the best in everyone that he's around. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the day that, um, I guess, when, when, when it happened on Lundy Gras. How, how did you find out? What time was it? So he had left the house about 4 o'clock. He went and picked my son up, or our son up. P.M., right? PM. Yeah. Um, he dropped my son back off at the house, and then he headed to New Orleans. So he had to have left the Seattle area somewhere around four fifteen, four thirty. Um, I talked to him at four o three because his brother had called and was like, "Is Andrew's phone not working?" I was like, "Hold on." So I sent him the number. I was like, "Your brother wants you to call him." It's a 30-second conversation. I told him, I love you, baby. Be careful. Mm-hmm. About 6.30-ish, I realized I hadn't heard from him. And I started getting a, a panic, like, just he wasn't answering. And I kept calling, and he wasn't answering. I texted. I texted him, please let me know you're okay. Baby, please, just let me know you're okay. And the last text I sent, it was, Andrew James Stiller with some exclamation points. I always got iPhones, so I went to find my iPhone. 
And I kept checking this location, and it's not moving. Not moving at all. It's on Bundy and I-10. I'm like, okay. All right, maybe he's just caught up there was an accident, and maybe, you know, just can't get around. Well, there's this little button that if you if you hit find my iPhone and you can hit directions. And I did that, and it showed me that I had to go all the way around because this whole road, interstate, section of interstate was closed. And still at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe he's just stuck in it. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. He's still not moving. I checked the real-time traffic. I still have all these tabs open in my phone. I checked the real-time traffic, and um, it showed, you know, the, the whole road, the whole interstate area there, it's the old red line cop cars right next to where my husband's car was showing on my iPhone. At that point, I started, you know, looking up to see if there was anything in the area and I seen something about a wreck. So I started looking up, how do you find out if somebody was in a wreck? And, you know, I said, call the police department. So first, I called 7th District, New Orleans East. Couldn't get no answer. Then after that, I um, called an OPD. And you know, I explained to them, I'm tracking my husband's vehicle. He's down there working as an Uber driver right now. I haven't heard from him. This is, you know, not something's not sitting right with me. Can you please call me and let me know if my husband is okay? And they asked me the description of the vehicle he was driving. And his description, 35-year-old white male, bald, really big guy, driving a black Dodge Durango, it had a, I don't know the plate number, but it was Colorado plate because it was a rental through Hertz, an Uber rental that you know he was using. Um, and I, I gave all of that, and she said there there was there had been an accident there that had matched the description. She, Please hold on while I transfer you to homicide. Mm. About that point. I, so my whole body just started shaking. I'm like, no, 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 not him. No, 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 no. And, um, she came back on the phone and she, you know, she informed me that, you know, there was at the scene one, at, at least one died, um, one being transported to a hospital. I'm like, well, which one is my husband? Which hospital? And they couldn't give me no information. Only thing that they could do was give me an item number, but she told me that you know they took my number and told me they would have somebody call me back. Well, at this point, I'm not knowing if my husband is dead or if he's in a hospital. Um, but in my heart, I already knew. I knew, but I just I didn't want to believe it. And I get in my vehicle and I'm, I'm heading down there. I'm, I'm going like nobody's giving me no information. I'm driving to where his vehicle is. That was the plan anyway. I didn't make it that far. Um, before I got to the last exit, before the twin span, the eight, Oak Harbor Eden Isles exit, my phone rings. And it was the coroner's office. I, um, I said, hold on, before you even start talking, please let me get off this exit and get to a parking lot. I pulled into the gas station parking lot, off the exit. It's okay, I'm parked. And, uh, well, when she's on the phone, she starts asking me some questions. Does he have any tattoos? I'm like, no, we don't have no tattoos. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's not him. What color hair does he have? First that thought that goes through my head, you're asking me what color hair he has. No hair, he's bald. So I'm thinking, okay, it's not him. And I, you know, again, like 35, 
right now, bald head. Um, she asked me his name, and then she told me to hold on that a body had just been bought in. For about two minutes, and she got back on the phone, and she read off my husband's birthday, mm. April 8th, 1987, I'm sorry, Andrew James Stella. And that's how I found out my husband was dead. Coroner's number had my number to call me before he had even gotten there. Melissa, let me uh, let me take a break here because we have to do traffic and so forth. Um, it sounds like your worst nightmare unfolded in slow motion. And I'm looking at the picture of you and your husband and your family on the beach somewhere in Florida, I'm guessing. And it's just it's just heartbreaking. We'll uh, we'll pick it up here. We come back. We're talking to Melissa Stiller. Her husband was killed in a shooting two days before her first uh, wedding anniversary. And it sounds like she lost her soulmate and the world lost a pretty good guy. We'll take a break. Come back uh, here on WWL. 841, 19 before 9. Tommy Tucker, WWL. On Lundy Graw, Andrew Stiller picked up 21-year-old John L. Hampton in New Orleans East around 5.30. That was February 20th. Moments later, 33-year-old, a 33-year-old suspect, perpetrator, whatever you want to call him, career criminal, I think would be accurate, started shooting in the car. Target was 21-year-old John L. Hampton, and both of them died. That's the facts. Those are the facts, but that's not the story. Melissa Stiller is here, who is the widow of Andrew, who was killed who two days before their first anniversary, who last half hour outlined pretty much what, that day was like, and and I said, Melissa, it was your worst nightmare living out in slow motion because I think all of us that have loved ones imagine the worst happening occasionally because our minds just run that way, but in this case, that's what happened, and it played out that way, right? Exactly what happened, you know? When we don't hear from a loved one, we all think, you know, what if this and what if that? Mm -hmm. Then they answer the phone, and it's okay, okay, I can breathe. But in this situation, like... That, that thought, that panicky feeling that something's wrong with my husband, it, it was confirmed. And it's still, it's still, I'm trying to make myself realize that this is real. I'm still waiting for him to walk in the door. Wrap your head around it, huh? Up. Like, you know, I just, the day before yesterday, I finally got to see him, kiss him goodbye. And it's really becoming real. Like, he's never going to walk this earth again. As of either yesterday or today, his body is gone from this earth. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a child therapist who leaves behind clients that there's a hole in their lives. You mentioned something that you wanted to talk about, how this has taken a racial turn on social media and so forth. And I don't want you to have the time to express those thoughts, Melissa. Oh, I do. Um, I've been, you know, I've, I've been following all the news stories. I've been reading the comments, and I've been trying so hard not to respond because I don't want to say the wrong things out of anger or, you know, just turn this into another battle. But, you know, there's some comments that I'm reading. That there's targeting race. You know, there was one that asked, what color was the shooter? Another comment, I said, 
oh, yeah, of course they're already working on this because the victim is white. Well, Donnell Hampton was also murdered. He was a black man. This is not a race war. You know, how many of us can even say that our family has only one race in it? I have nieces and nephews that are of mixed race. It doesn't matter skin color. We all bleed red. We all come into this world the same way. We need to, where's the unity? We're all, it's humanity. The color of our skins, it shouldn't even be in question here. If it was a highly white populated area, then this may have been, you know, white people. If it was a highly Mexican populated area, that the logistics of our bloodlines, the color of our skin does not matter in this at all. I'm talking for everyone involved. Like, this is, my belief is not just for my husband. You know, John L. was murdered. Another woman shot in the head. Two more people that were injured in this accident. You know, this is, it's sickening. Five different people involved in it, you said, five different families. Correct, um, and then it's, it's also interlinking because I have friends of mine that are reaching out to me that also knew, you know, a person in the other car. I'm not going to say which one because that, that's, you know, confidential. But, like, in, in ways that this is – people are intertwined in this. How about um, what you're hearing from the DA so far and the New Orleans Police Department? They've been treating you okay? Um, I mean, they've – the first couple of days, they kept in contact, you know, they – um, the Detective Hyatt has, has been really, really wonderful. I mean, he even drove to me to, you know, come meet me face-to-face and bring me my son's phone because when Andrew was working for Uber that night, his phone had broken. He told my son Xander, you know, I'll give you $40 if you let me use the phone for the night because he knew the money that he was going to make from Mardi Gras, you know, the day before Mardi Gras. And... When Andrew left that day, he had no cash, no cash. Mind you, like I said, he had only been gone maybe an hour. But in his belongings, there was $41 cash. What he promised my son was in his pocket. What would you like to see the community do? What do you think can be done? Because I, I think what I'm hearing from you is that we all think it couldn't happen to us, but as you outlined to us, it certainly can happen, and it did happen. And as you said a couple of minutes ago, you know, we all miss our loved ones, so we decide to call, and we don't get an answer. And then we think, well, maybe this happened or maybe that happened, and it played out for you in slow motion, and it turned out exactly, unfortunately, as you thought, I guess, it would, or your worst fear. And and you mentioned race, that, you know, this isn't about race. We all bleed red. What would what would you like to see done? What what how, what are your feelings on on the, the area? Are you going to move out of the area? Are you are you going to avoid the area? I'd just like to know what what where you go from here, Melissa. I'm I'm still trying to figure all of that out. It's you know I mean there's there's things need to change for everybody in that area, and it's just you know it needs to change on a city, state, and country level. It's like you know. I understand there's constitutions and, you know, um, people have rights, et cetera. But now, you know, the, one of the guys that literally pulled the trigger, they have video footage. It's, you know, he's still 
gets the chance of a bond. Hmm. You know, I hear the bond is set at $2.8 million. You know, and there's another woman in the same state that I just read about last night. She's got theft charges, and she's being held on an $18 million bond. He shouldn't have even been out in the first place, I I don't think. Um, The man that shot your husband, allegedly, I guess I'll say, although I don't know that there's a whole lot of doubt about that. Uh, Wearing an ankle. Pardon me? There's no doubt. doubt. The ankle monitor pinned him like the whole entire time from where it started to where it ended. You know, I mean, the whole movement, everything has been pinned. It's, you know, it's stuff just keeps happening and happening because these criminals keep getting out. It's like, if you got enough money, you may say, okay, here you go. And take my money. And now I can know that I can commit crime and I can pay my way out. Or, you know, even pay your way out just long enough to get back out there and do it again. Are you are you angry at the the magistrate judge or the people involved? Is that something that you're, you're going to, although if you've not already looked into it, really try to figure out why was this guy out in the first place and able to kill your husband and how do you prevent it from happening in the future? I... I, I am I am I'm angry. I'm angry at my husband's death. I'm angry at a lot of different people right now. I don't want to point at any one individual person, unity. You know what I'm saying? That I'm pointing blame on. I blame the men that pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know? Do I want to see laws change? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, and I will fight, and I will fight, and I will fight to be a voice heard for you know everybody. That has been in situations like this. You know, I have to look at it to where Andrew's death—it's got to have some kind of meaning. Um, I can't—I can't let myself believe that this is all for nothing. You know, it's like—I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. You know, it's—he was down there driving for Uber. There are areas that the delivery men aren't even allowed to drive into because of their safety. But Uber can send us into these areas, and there's no kind of warning, no kind of alert. I mean, I could start in Slidell and be sent right to the east. I can start in Metairie and be sent to the east. You know, you have to unlock the next tier before you even get like an address to where you're going. When you pick up a rider, it'll say, you know, you're picking up and you're taking them five minutes southwest, 10 minutes north. You don't even know where they're going until this person gets in your car and you accept that they're in your car. You've got to put your time in to even find out those, those facts. Before we run out of time, uh, I guess your stepkids bonded with Andrew pretty quickly? Not your stepkids, your children bonded with Andy Andy pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, and it's funny that you just called him Andy. Not not funny, but I just feel like that's a message because my daughter, um, my middle child, she's 16. Her name is Lainey, and she's sitting right here next to me. She's the only one of my children that called him Andy. Mm. only person allowed to call him <laughs> And can, can I let her talk for a moment? Sure, absolutely. How you doing, sweetie? I mean, as good as... You could be. 
tell me about your stepfather. What did you what made what did he do to make you laugh? What was it you liked most about him? I know you loved him. He's he's never been my stepfather. He's always been my dad. Hmm. Wow. He was so sweet and caring. And he was just he was my best friend. He was there for everybody. He was so sweet and there was not a bad bone in his body. How's your brother and sister doing? They're as good as they could be. I am so sorry for your loss. I am. Um, the only thing I can tell you is a lot of people are praying for you. You got a, you got an extraordinary mom, and it's going to hurt every day for the rest of your life, but it is going to get better over time because I, I've lost my dad as well, not anywhere near under the circumstances as you, but... I'm not gonna lie to you, sweetie. It is gonna hurt every day for the rest of your life, but it will get better with time. Yeah, okay? and and no no child thinks that this would happen to them twice. Like in 20, I lost my biological father to violence, or no. Um, that was a little bit different situation and circumstances. Um, in 2020, um, her biological father. He overdosed uh, methamphetamine, mm. heroin, and fentanyl. Um, we had been divorced for a year. You know, that's, that's a whole totally different story. But Poor darling. So Melissa, in years, I want you to stay in touch, okay? And Tim's going to give me my cell phone number. If there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to text or let us know. If you feel like the system's not treating you fairly or, or, or you're not getting what you need, We'll shine light on it and, and try our best to help you. I can tell you what, after this morning, you're going to have a ton of people praying for you. And just yes, God bl God bless you all, okay? And yes, sir, like I said, maybe to get through this next couple of days, um, we are, we're having a really big benefit for him. Um, I don't know if you can put this oh, in Oh, yeah, 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 please, absolutely. I wanted you to mention that. Go ahead. We're having a benefit for him Sunday at 2 p.m. at Daiquiri's Gone Wild on Highway 41 in Pearl River. This is for anybody that knew him. Children are allowed. Yes, it is at a bar room, but it's where we met. They have, um, porta potties have already been paid for. Children are allowed. They're not allowed to go inside the doors. Okay. Music will be outside. Food will be outside because everybody that, and I keep getting parents that are calling me asking if they're children, how are they going to be able to take it off? This is open to anyone that knew Andrew. And, and quickly, do you have a GoFundMe page as well? I do. I do have a GoFundMe. It is um, was organized by Stacy Schwitty. How, um, how do people uh, go to it? I don't know anything about it, Melissa. How do you? Um, the GoFundMe is it's, it's uh, Melissa Stiller. You can go to my page on Facebook and find me, Melissa Suzanne Stiller. It is it's tagged on there. Um, there will be also there will be security at this event. Um, that's that's. Okay. You know, we were going to do our best to keep everybody safe and just and just celebrate his life. God bless you. I also do want to mention as yeah. well, there is another GoFundMe. Okay. Okay. That there is $100 in that is not mine. There is only one that I have through Stacy. I've seen another one circulating that I'm about to make the report on. Thank you so much. God bless you, Melissa. We'll take a break here for traffic. Be back. WWL. 
From the Acadian Windows and Siding WWL Traffic Center, I'm Courtney P. Good morning. I-10 East Kenner to downtown New Orleans. Moderate delay in the airport area eases very quickly. I-10 West New Orleans East to downtown. You'll tap the brakes a few times just before the high rise. Downtown elevated is busy but steady to the flyover. Flyover lightly congested to Business 90. Crescent City Connection West Bank to downtown. Traffic has eased a bit. However, still light congestion as you cross the river. Riverbound Puncher Train Expressway leaving Metairie headed to downtown town have moderate delay right around Carrollton. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.